Hud one, hud two, it's time to go. We come through on fourth and inches, and we'll stop until we scope. Had the game ahead, locked and put it in a figure four. We ain't worried about a hater, baby, we just build and grow. The Joe and Joey show, football, b-ball fights, pick a topic like a Khabib on his run. Yeah, they tried, but couldn't stop us. Watch us, yeah, we rockin', hot as Puerto Rico, we the wave. Go on and place your bets, check the over-under, we the fade. Yeah. There's no debate, we the greatest, but we debating your favorites greater Raise the points of discussion, then we push it Feeling like Michael Jordan with the Bulls Feeling like I'm about to raise KG with the Timberwolves I'm getting pulled in all kinds of directions To the game, yeah, you know that that's the best one So just watch or just listen to the guys Tune in to the show, Joe and Joey on the ride All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Joe and Joey Show podcast, episode 37. We have a bunch of topics we're going to go over today. We got, unfortunately, we had a police shooting at the Chiefs Parade. That's tragic. That's a topic we can go over. We got uh, Super Bowl 58 breaks all-time viewership record with 123.7 million views. We got Tony Romo accused of being a terrible broadcaster. We got... Uh, Travis Kelsey pushing Andy Reid in that whole controversy. We got the UFC 298 Volkanovski versus Ilya Taporia fight. Uh, a lot of topics we can go over, Joe. Which one do you want to start with first? Let's start with um, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, the drama one. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we made a reel about that. So if you guys uh, watched the Super Bowl, you probably saw Travis Kelsey get very frustrated early in the game, first half of the Super Bowl here to yell at Andy Reid and almost push him to the ground. Now, there's a lot of controversy online about this. Um, a lot of people, I mean, we put out a poll on this. Was this a big deal? Andy Reid yelling and, sh- or sorry, Travis Kelsey yelling and screaming at Andy Reid, almost pushing him to the ground, 65-year-old man. Or was it not a big deal? What are your thoughts on this? I don't think it's a big deal because they won the game. I'm in, well, eh, I'm in a, Sort of agreement there, but go ahead, finish your thought on that. Yeah, if if they would have lost the game, I think it's more of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily for them, the team, but just from like the like the public eye, so to speak. So you're saying winning cures everything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Winning cures everything. Yeah. Um and as a competitor, I mean it's different. Like as a competitor, if you've played mm-hmm. sports before, you understand how fiery it gets, oh, yeah. you know, how intense. Mm-hmm. Um the, the intentions were good there. Me, personally, I think he was doing it for a little bit of attention. He wasn't really getting involved mm-hmm. in the game. Um, I think he had one catch for one yard in the first half of the Super Bowl. Yeah, he was very frustrated in the first half. He didn't he didn't do anything, Kelsey, pretty yeah. much. The, the Niners had him on lockdown, so. But he's, I mean, he's one of the leaders of the team, and that's what you want to see from the leader. If, if he's not involved in the game and, you know, he he's part of their success, you want him to try and get involved in the game. And, you know, he didn't have the best Super Bowl, but they still won the game, but... So it's, is it a big deal or not? What's your answer? Is it a big deal or not that he no. almost pushed Andy Reid to the ground, 65-year-old man? No, it's not a big deal. I don't think he intended to to push him to the ground. I think he tried to you know, give him a little love tap, a little bump to wake him up a little bit. But So what do you have to say to all the fans out there? Because there's a lot of them. I mean, on our social media, on our Instagram account, I think it was like 57%. We had like you know, 500 people you know, answer the poll question. And I think it was like 57% said it's not a big deal. But on our YouTube shorts, it was like almost every comment says, you need to apologize. Taylor Swift, run for the fences is what Travis Kelsey's going to do to you. But what do you have to say 
to that. No, man. It's football. It's, you know, on the field is way different than off the field. You can't compare those two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely different. And um, it's not a big deal to me. Um, I think, it, like I said, I think it'd be a big deal if they lost the game for them. But it's football, man. We, we've seen way mm-hmm. worse. And like I said, it, it, if he had a long history of, of maybe like a Draymond Green, somebody that's just a known mm-hmm. menace and troublemaker, then maybe. But Travis Kelsey's been damn near, you know, like perfect his whole career as far as conduct. So to me, it's not a big deal. Even Jason, Jason Kelsey went off on his brother in their New Heights podcast. He said, you cross the line. He's like, I think we can both agree on that. And Travis Kelsey replies like, yeah, I did. I can't get that fired up at that point where I'm bumping coach Reed and it's getting, you know, pushing off balance. He's old. You know, he pretty much regrets it, right? And that's what he was saying on their New Heights podcast. You know, I'm sort of in agreement with you that I'm on the side where it's more, it's not a big deal. The mm-hmm. only problem I had was that he like he touched him and he caught him off balance because he could he could have injured him. Andy Reid's old as hell. Yeah, but I will say that all of the people like overreacting to this, like you guys are fucking pussies, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because to get to the point where Travis Kelsey is at, you have to be so competitive, right? To even get to that point, and a lot of these people that are commenting have never played sports in their life. Right. And, you know, we played sports. I mean, we didn't play near at the highest level they did, but we were super competitive when we were playing sports. For Travis Kelsey to get to where he is, the competitive nature that that guy has... Has to be that way. It's it's unexplainable. Like, people don't understand what it takes to win at that level. Mm -hmm. So I understand where the frustration came out. But at the same time, he shouldn't have touched him. Like, if he would have went over to him and had, like, a conversation and screamed at him, I think that would have been... Oh, I wouldn't have no problem with it at all. I have a little problem since he he bumped him. Yep. Right? And he almost caught him off balance. Could have hurt him. But I will say, Andy Reid is, like, a stand-up, class, act, best coach in football. I mean, he protected Travis Kelsey after the game, pretty much saying, you know, on a reel we put... He's like, Andy Reid's like, oh, I got five kids. I understand... He's like, it wasn't a selfish thing coming from Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. It was more of like he wants to help his team win, and he's a super competitor, and I had no problem with that. So Andy Reid is like the best coach in the NFL. Class act, stand-up coach. I would want to play for that guy. He protected Travis Kelsey, and he didn't destroy the chemistry for next year. Right. So, I mean, Andy Reid handled that as best that you could ever handle that situation, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I disagree when he said it was a little, um, he, he doesn't think he's selfish. I think Kelsey's a little selfish for doing that. I think part of it, you know, with the whole Taylor Swift thing, he's not involved in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wants to get involved, but it's fine. You know, I, I don't mind my star players being selfish because mm-hmm. if he's not involved in that game in the second half, they don't win the game. So Whether or not Andy Reid actually believes that, he protected Travis Kelsey. Right. Because that, that could have gone sideways so fast, especially if they lost that game. If they would have lost and Andy Reid would have came out and said, yeah, that was unprofessional, that would have blew up the, the chemistry for next year, for sure. That would have that blown it up. There would have been friction between those two. He might have traded him because he's older. But the way Andy Reid handled that, whether he believed it or not, class act. I mean, Andy Reid is, that's why he's the best coach in the NFL. 
Yeah, and I think managing personalities like that is an underrated um, aspect of coaching. I think Andy Reid was the perfect guy to manage this team. You know, Kansas City is a small market team, but they have they have star power. You know, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, you know, Patrick Mahomes and his dad. We sat here a couple weeks ago and talked about how we thought you were right, that his dad's DUI didn't really affect him at all in that game. Yeah, Pat, Patrick Mahomes is is the man. But I think, you know, Andy Reid's the right, the only, probably the only guy that can manage all this chaos that's going around them in a small market team and and still kind of keep them all on track to to win the Super Bowl. So I think he I think Andy Reid has cemented himself, you know, in on the Mount Rushmore of NFL football coaches. But I would much as a coach, and even Andy Reid said he said he loves that from his players, that they're that passionate and they care that much about the game. Mm-hmm. I would rather have a player like that than a player like Antonio Brown that just says, oh, fuck it, I give up, you know? Right. Like, no who, no one wants to coach that, but if someone is super passionate about the game and wanting to win and wanting to help the team win, because these players, a lot of them actually love the game, and that's what they work their whole life for. So I'd rather coach somebody like that than somebody that doesn't care at all. Right. Like a lot of the Niners players after the Super Bowl, they went and partied. Yeah, no, I don't really care, I feel like. So, I mean, I I would rather coach a player like that than someone that doesn't give a shit about the team. Yeah, in I my agree. opinion. So, all right, we're going to move on from that. We're done with that. Any any words on that? Last words on that or we're done? No, I'd like to transition into the, the shooting at the parade. You want to talk about the shooting? Man, tragic. Speaking about um, Andy Reid, there was an article, not even an article, just a statement that came out that he was there at the end when the shooting happened. And he was actually sheltering like young kids that were scared. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And you know that it's it's tragic, honestly, what happened. It's so sad in in twenty twenty four that we can't even go to a parade or have any fun without their, you know, you having to look over your shoulder. It's so sad. But I'm gonna get into this article. It's um from ESPN. And it says, authorities in Kansas City said Thursday that the mass shooting that left one person dead and twenty two injured. At the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration, it appeared to have stemmed from a dispute among several people. The police chief Graves said Thursday that the total number of victims is 23, including one who was killed in the shooting and 22 people injured in the shooting ranges between 8 and 47 years old, and that half of the injured were under the age of 16. So a lot of kids injured, which is very sad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it says eight critically hurt and seven in serious conditions. It's looking like they're going to pull through, which is, you know, awesome. A lot of kids injured. That kind of turns my stomach the wrong way. Um, you know, a Kansas City Chiefs fan actually subdued one of the victims, tackled him to the ground. Yep. You know, that, video that. That, that guy's a hero. Um, it, it's just tragic, man, honestly. And you hate to see it. My heart breaks for, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs fans and the whole NFL community. I mean, it's just tragic, man. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it is tragic. Um, you know, especially a lot of the victims being kids. Like, you know, we were at the Pro Bowl a couple of weeks ago and there was a lot of kids there. And, you know, that the NFL is supposed to be a where everybody comes together to enjoy the game, you know, no matter who you are. 
what age or where you come from and all that stuff. So um, to see this happen, I hate to say it, we've gone numb to it and, and I'm not surprised that it's happening. Um, I think it starts with mental health with mm -hmm. the with these shootings. Um, you know, if I don't know what I, I don't have all the answers, but I think that we need to get to the root of the problem, what's causing all these mass shootings. And it's obviously mental health. People yeah. are unstable. They feel unwanted. Um, they feel like that that they have no place in this world. So they need they need they're they're crying out for attention. They're dying for attention. And the only way they can, you know, I guess, get some attention or some light shed on them is by doing, you know, crazy things. So I, I think it starts there. Um, but yeah, but, mental health, you're right. Mental health is a huge epidemic in this country. Yeah. I don't want to get into like the politics side of it, but I, I, I really don't want to hear any of these politicians like make it about politics and the election. If you do that, like, fuck you, honestly, dude, like, yeah, this is like a sad situation. Don't use it to promote one side of the aisle. You know, like some people say, oh, we need to ban all guns and, you know, this is why that happened. And, you know, if you're, if you're a politician and you do that, like, fuck you, honestly, dude. Like, yeah, I agree. You know, just more, we should be mourning for the victims. And I really think like this is the mental health, like epidemic pandemic of our time. We, we've never had this many people in the United States that are so mentally ill. And I think that's the root cause of what's going on. And you know, a lot of it is from social media and politicians and, you know, just the world is changing and, and technology. It's so weird and everybody's just, you know, messed up and it, it's very sad, honestly. I don't know what we do. I don't know what, what the solution is, but, you know, you just, you got to pray, pray to God and, you know, do some soul searching. And if, you know, people are listening to this and, you have or you feel like you need help like talk to somebody you know yeah honestly sure. that's don't don't hold it in and don't feel like you're all alone there's a lot of people that can help you so yeah it's it's never it's never it should never be that bad to where you need to do crazy things like this um there's like like you said you nailed it there's always people willing to help mm -hmm. um maybe not in ways like financially but spiritually and you know, there's there's plenty of people that are willing to befriend you and, you know, mm -hmm. help guide you in the right direction. And I think you nailed it with praying. I think it, you know, churches is a good place. Um, I know Joel Osteen's church got shot up last week in Houston, you know, a world famous church. Um, so that's just that's just kind of where we are right now, which sucks. But, you know, I, I think I think there can be some some positivity and uplifting to, to make the change. But it it. it I think the root cause of this is the mental health issue. And I think we it's need a big to, problem in this country. Big yeah. problem. And that that needs to be the focus. Yeah, just again, my heart breaks for all the people out there, but shout out to the guy that subdued one of the victims, you know, in the video he tackled yeah, you know, the shooter. And that guy deserves a Super Bowl ring, honestly. That guy was heroic, incredible. You know, that's what America is all about, you know, helping people and that guy's a brave, that guy's a hero, so that guy deserves, I'm sure he doesn't want anything, but that guy deserves a lot of recognition, so. Yeah, for shout sure. Out, shout out to you, buddy. Whoever you are, you're you're yes, a man, you're, you're a hero. hero. Thank you. A lot of people would have ran away from that. 
a lot of people didn't run away from that, you know, but yeah, he saw him and he didn't flinch. He didn't blink. He just tackled him and the guy dropped the gun and they, you know, laid on him until the, the police got there. Who so. knows how many lives that guy saved too. Yep. You no, know? even if it was one, even if he saved one life, doesn't matter. Yep. Guy's a hero. Absolutely. <sighs> Tragic, man. I, you hate to see it, honestly. Yep. Let's get into this next article, though. It says, Super Bowl 58 was the most watched TV event in history. Right? So it says, Super Bowl 58 has clinched the title of most watched television event. Not just football game, but television event in history. The highly anticipated rematch saw the Kansas City Chiefs pull off a crushing 25-22 overtime victory against the 49ers. Drew an average audience of 123.7 million viewers. Insane. It's a lot. The figure sets record for the highest number of viewers for a single broadcast television history. But the allure of the event extended beyond the gridiron action Legion Stadium in Las Vegas with Taylor Swift in attendance, bunch of celebrities in attendance. Um, man, the game attracted a lot of people. Do you think this was mostly because of Taylor Swift or do you think there were other factors that determined why this was the most watched event in history? I don't think it's all because of Taylor Swift. I think she has a good part. I, if I had a guess, maybe 25%. I'll, I'll give her like 20, 25% boost of, of new fans. Like, you know, I, I see a lot of people comment on our YouTube, like, oh, my daughter is 13 and she watched her first NFL game because of Taylor Swift. So I, I think it's good for the game that she's, she's bringing, um, bring a lot of fans, eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. New eyeballs to the game. I think, the game being in Las Vegas, I think that had to do with, you know, more people watching just the whole gambling and uh, ambiance of Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, Cascade, it was supposed to be Tiesto, but it he backed out at the last second. So Cascade was actually like DJing during the game. I saw that. That's not a bad replacement. If yeah. Tiesto drops out, you get Cascade. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. So I, I think that was cool. I think, I, you know, I think Las Vegas had a lot to do with it. Um yeah, the combination of that and Taylor Swift, the first Las Vegas Super Bowl. I mean, Las Vegas like the Mecca, right? That's where the best right. sporting events go on. All the famous boxing matches, UFC matches. And then you got the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Taylor Swift It's probably a combination of all. Yeah. And I think the NFL, as more people um, come to America, you know, and kind of get embedded in the American culture, you know, NFL's... Sundays is like uh, American tradition. You watch NFL, you watch the Super Bowl. So I think I think more and more people are starting to to love the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL now. So I think a lot of people love to tune in. You know, regardless of the Taylor Swift drama, and you know, a lot of people were annoyed with it. They still want to watch Patrick Mahomes play mm -hmm. football. Yep. And that 49ers team had a loaded roster. They're a fun team to watch too. So I, I think it's just a combination of both. But overall, I think, you know, Taylor Swift did, you know, was annoying at times. But I think her good outweighed the bad, so to speak, in my opinion. But yeah. some people think otherwise. But this is exactly what I was talking about leading up to the Super Bowl when the Chiefs were playing the Ravens. And that was part of my, you know, factor and why I picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. The NFL wanted this so bad. There would not have been a viewership record broken if Taylor Swift was not in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I love Lamar Jackson. I love the Baltimore Ravens. 
But if that was the Ravens versus the Niners or the Ravens and the Lions, the viewership would not have been what it was. It yeah. probably would have been half that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion. That's what the NFL dreamed of. And in my opinion, I believe that's why they picked the ref that they did in the AFC Championship game. The guy that calls more penalties against home teams than away teams. Yeah, so that's a valid point. I, I'm not saying the NFL is 100% rigged, but I think there's a little fishy stuff going on in my Absolutely, opinion. Absolutely, man. A lot man. of people were skeptical um, during the game that the shit was rigged. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Is, do you think it's rigged or do you think it's like kind of eh? Because we've been talking about this a lot and, you know, we're back and forth on it. I think there's a little, it's not blatantly rigged. But I think there's like a call here, a call there, a non-call here, a non-call there that changes the outcome of the game. Yeah, I think it's rigged to exactly what you said. It, to an extent, I don't think, you know, the players are involved. I don't think Roger Goodell is just, you know, sitting on a throne and, and radioing in to the earpiece of the refs and telling them what to... I don't think it's yeah. that rigged. They do a lot of little things, right? They'll pick yeah. the ref, the, eh, maybe like swallow the whistle or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So I, I get it. I think, I think honestly, I think the most corrupt or rigged part of the NFL is the referees because they have money on the games. And they, you know, there's been people in the past have gotten busted for it. You know, Tim Donaghy in the NBA went to prison, I believe, for like two years yep. for fixing games. So, yeah, it's it's a thing. And I think now that, you know, especially the game being in Vegas this year, you know, with the casinos and all that, absolutely. I think, you know, they have something to do with it. Yeah, man. You ever seen that mafia guy? What's his name? Michael. I forget his name. Michael something. But he said, like, back in the days that, like, all of the mafia guys, they used to run sports. They used to run the NFL because they, they had the inside gig of what was going to happen. Yep. And they would bribe the refs and everything. So I think there's a little bit of that going on. You know, it's hard to prove and people will call you a conspiracy theorist, but it's only a conspiracy until it comes true. Yeah. But in my opinion, I think I think two things can be true at the same time. I think is it a hundred percent rigged? Is it blatantly rigged? Probably not. But is there little stuff in place to change an outcome or bring the probability to one side compared to the other. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I agree. As long as the players aren't in on it, I'll still watch because, you know, as long as they're not fixing the game or throwing the game, which, you know, some players have been accused of doing that as well, of throwing games, um, I'll still watch. But if if the players start throwing games and it's obvious, then, you know, I won't watch. But I don't think it's yeah. that, like, yeah, manipulated. Think. Speaking of watching, though, a lot of NFL fans are ticked off because of Tony Romo. And this article says, Tony Romo accused of ruining dramatic end to Super Bowl 2024. So CBN, CBS announcer Tony Romo, often criticized for being too excitable, seemed to fall victim to that temptation Sunday during the final play of the Super Bowl after pa Patrick Mahomes hit McCole Hardman with the game-winning overtime touchdown for the Chiefs. CBS play-by-play -play man Jim Nance perfectly punctuated the Las Vegas drama with a jackpot Kansas City. Traditionally, this is when an announced team will let the moment breathe and allow fans to take in the atmosphere of a historic moment, which Tony Romo failed to do. A lot of NFL fans are destroying Tony Romo for his horrible broadcasting, especially towards the end of the game. 
What are your thoughts about Tony Romo? I don't like Tony Romo because he hates the Dolphins and we're Dolphins fans. Uh, a lot of people were saying that Tony Romo sucked and the Nickelodeon broadcast was better, mm. which I agree. I think SpongeBob and Patrick are way better than Tony Romo. But what do you think? I'm not. I, I agree with you. I'm not a fan of Tony Romo. I did think he called a good Super Bowl up until that point. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember what he said after Jim Nance said jackpot. He was just very like, the like he wasn't excited at all. Yeah. Like usually he's too excited, and then that moment he's like, oh, Chief Super Bowl, like just bland as as heck, you know. Yeah. I think. I think exactly what you said. Um, you know, letting the moment breathe. There, there there's not. And I know they get paid to talk, but there's not, you don't have to say stuff for every moment. Moment Like, you can just watch the celebration and, and let it play out. But I think he actually called a, a good Super Bowl. He was energetic. He wasn't biased like he usually is. He's that guy's usually so biased, bro. Like, it's usually like one way and that's it. It's either, you know, if Buffalo's playing, Josh Allen's. That guy glazes Josh Allen like I've never seen in yeah. my entire life. Yep. It's insane. I mean, we know Josh Allen is, you know, a, a something to watch, but he takes it to a different level of glazing. Um, but, but I think <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad in the Super Bowl. I thought. Um, Did you watch this, the Nickelodeon broadcast, SpongeBob and Patrick? No, bro, it was so much better, dude. It was so much more entertaining. It had SpongeBob, Patrick. They had uh, Nate Nate Burleson, and I forget the other guy, but he's a famous announcer as well. It was way better, dude, honestly. I didn't even know they were doing that for the Super Bowl. A lot of people didn't know. I found out like at halftime and like I switched over for a little bit. I'm like, damn, this is entertaining. They were sliming people like in the in crowd, the like zone. in real life. Oh, yeah. They did it in the end zone and in real life. That's like it cool. was super entertaining. And even the graphics were better because like on the TV, they had like the scoreboard and the and the pineapple. Like the graphics were way better. And it was, I would have watched it. It was funner, dude. It was way better. Teams were getting slimed. Had Sandy as the announcer on the sideline, like it was, it was way better. Dude. Was that on? Was it actually on Nickelodeon? Yeah, it was on Nickelodeon. Oh, that's cool. I would have tuned into that. I didn't know that. Dude, we did a poll on our reels. Like eighty percent, I said, what was better, the Nickelodeon broadcast with SpongeBob or Tony Romo? It was like eighty to twenty percent. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people are out on Tony Romo now. And I remember talking to my dad about Romo a couple years ago. Because um, he watches all the games every Sunday, too. And um, I was saying, like, oh, a lot of people like Romo. This was his first year because he's he's calling the plays. He's he's telling you what's going to happen before the play happens. You know, because he played quarterback in the NFL. He knows formations and, and sets and stuff like that. But he, he was like, oh, just pump the brakes on Romo. He might not be that good. And now it seems like, you know, CBS paid Romo all this money. And it's like, dang, a lot of people don't even, you know, like to listen to this guy. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how CBS moves forward because Fox Fox has got Tom Brady rolling in next year. He's Tom Brady next year, yeah. You know, Tom, Tom Brady's good at whatever he does. You know he's going to be yeah. well-prepared. So. so CBS is going to have to compete with Fox now. And it's, I mean, I think Fox is going to be, like, a step above. But it'll be interesting to see who CBS picks as their next uh, lead announcer because... I mean, technically, that's not even their A team, I don't think, yep. CBS. So, Thoughts on the game, though? Um, conspiracies aside, what did you think of the actual game? The first half was kind of it was lackluster. It was a defensive game. You know, Greenlaw goes out, blows his Achilles. That was terrible. That kind of 
changed the outcome in the second half. The defense wasn't as good for the 49ers. I thought Purdy played a good game for what he is, right? Last pick in the draft. Didn't turn the ball over, which was insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, for you know an undrafted guy, second year going to the Super Bowl, or not undrafted, last pick in the draft, but second year going to the Super Bowl. I thought he played as good as he could play, in my opinion. You know, and the two turnovers the Niners had, like one bounced off the guy's foot for a punt, and then McCaffrey fumbled when they were driving. That didn't really mean anything because it was like the first drive of the game. And then the miss extra point. I thought Purdy did really well for what he is. I thought I thought he played a good game. And Mahomes is Mahomes. He's the Michael Jordan, or soon to be Michael Jordan of the NFL. I mean, greatest quarterback of this generation, and he's well on his way if. He keeps projecting, you know, if he keeps going on this uh, route, that he's probably going to be the GOAT. So, I mean, Mahomes, great game. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, it was, to be honest, I thought it was a boring game in the first half. The fourth quarter and overtime, I think overtime saved it. You called overtime, I know that. Um, I think we ha- you had the Chiefs originally, then we flopped to the Niners. Now, you talked me, talk me out of the Chiefs, but yeah. <laughs> I, I should have I stuck with my guns. I should have went with common sense. I should have went with Patrick Mahomes, which I had originally, and this guy talked me out of it. But yeah, I mean, I think I, mean, yeah. I think Shanahan folded, and I we put a poll on our page asking if Shanahan should go. Um, I and we were talking about it the other day. It, they're in a tough spot because it's clear that Shanahan's not going to get them over the hump, right? So, do you move on from Shanahan, or do you keep? You know, run it back and try and get over the hump with with a, a healthy Niners team next year, but they've got to pay players. But anyway, I, I think I think the Niners should have stuck to their guns. I think they should have force fed McCaffrey. Debo blew his hamstring out. He was on one leg. In and the but they half. barely ran the ball in the second half. They had so much success in the first half. Yep. I would have given McCaffrey 40 touches. He had 30 touches. I would have given him 40 touches. 40, 45. And if he couldn't be in there, get out and put Mitchell in. Put I Mitchell I in. Ran. That, that was the problem. They were throwing it in the second half. The whole, like, they, they barely ran in the second half. All they did was throw, and you can't have Brock Purdy throw 30 times in the second half. You're not going to win. Yeah, and I believe in overtime or in the fourth quarter, McCaffrey ran them down the field. And then if it was first and goal or something like that, they ran it, got one or two yards, and then second, third, or maybe it was first, second, and third, they threw it on the five-yard line. Try and pound the rock. And we we saw this at the end of the season with the Dolphins. It's the same offense. McDaniel did the same thing. Shanahan did the same thing. You have success in the first half running it, 29, 30 carries in the first half, four carries in the second half, and you lose because you try to – you know, I don't know if they panic or they try to do what the Chiefs are doing and have Mahomes drop back 50 times and throw it. You can't do that against Mahomes. It's like it's like when people play the Chiefs, they pan- they go in full panic mode. That's what the Ravens did, too. They just yep. panicked, and they were, like, within 10 points the whole game. Right. But on this situation, the Niners were up. Right. And, and these teams, they just panic because they see Mahomes on the other side. It's like, oh, shit, we got to, like, pull away now. We got to— it's horrible strategy. And, like, when you throw the ball, you're playing into the Chiefs' strength with Chris Jones, pass rushing, and then you got the all-pro corners, Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed. That is what they want you to do. They want you yeah. to pass the ball so they can have Chris Jones in the corners uh, win the game for them. And, you know, the strength of the Niners is running the ball, and they didn't do that. Just, Shanahan's an idiot. Like, Yeah. 
That's I think that's always going to be the case for them. Um, I think McVay was the same way with the Rams. He just got lucky that one year. You know, they got a young Bengals team in the Super Bowl, and they were able to get that. It's the, these, the Shanahan tree, you know, Shanahan, McVay, McDaniel, and LaFleur with Green Bay, they all do the same thing. They they run the ball. They have a physical team, and then the second half, they just they just get, abandoned the whole plan. Yeah, and you know the Niners have a physical offensive line, man. Trent Williams, um, Aaron Bangs, John Feliciano. These are like three hundred and fifty pound guys that can maul you. It doesn't matter who who's across from them, Chris Jones or whoever. They should have stuck to the run, but you know they didn't especially with Debo you know blowing his hamstring out he still played finished the game but he was on one leg the whole game and i saw people online say oh McCaffrey had 30 touches give him 40 touches bro what the hell like yeah. okay 30 this is a super bowl you're not saving him for anything exactly. like give him 40 50 touches whatever it takes like i don't know what these coaches are doing bro even Harbaugh and i love Harbaugh i think Harbaugh is top 5 coach but he lost that game for the Ravens too because in the second half they Threw the ball 30 times with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, I don't care if you want to make him into Tom Brady. He's not Tom Brady. His yep. strength is running the football. Same with Michael Vick. Run the football. That's what got you there. And then you're going to abandon that shit in the second half. That's why you lost. Yeah. And the playoffs, you, you're you not saving you're not saving your guys for anything. And this is the Super Bowl. You're definitely not saving anybody. But even Lamar and the Ravens and the AFC Championship, you're not saving them for the Super Bowl. Run Lamar 20 times. He's a running back, too, and can throw. Run the read option. Run, you know, out of the pistol and run power run. They just didn't do any of that. And you could tell their players were salty after the game, too. The Niners, even Ayuk was tweeting. He's like, oh, remember what got you to the Super Bowl? I, they they probably got to pay Ayuk, and they already paid Debo. I mean, they got to pay a bunch of other guys. I mean, this team is... I think they're gonna. this team's going to blow up, man, honestly. Um, they have to do something. I wouldn't blow the team up. I would tweak some things. But I don't think they can pay all these guys. They paid Trent Williams. They're going to have to pay Brock pretty soon. They paid McCaffrey. They paid Debo. How are they going to pay Ayuk, Kittle, Afunga, Fred? How are they going to pay all these guys? They can't do it. Like, And then injuries, you know, sometimes injuries help. Greenlaw mm. just blew his Achilles out, which sucks. I mean, he, but, he's going to be gone most of the year next year, probably all the year. So it's like... Yeah, I mean the team is. I think the team is screwed, man. They got to do something. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, John Lynch is in a tough situation, but I mean, even the players, they didn't even know the overtime rules. Yeah. Like you're a coach, you got to have your players prepared. I mean, it's just overtime was insane bro. to like, me. Yeah, I. The thing with overtime was, you know, they the the referees announced it at the coin toss the rules. That's one thing, but to me, the Chiefs scored. Like, if you go back and watch the film, the Chiefs scored the game-winning touchdown with three seconds left in overtime. No, it wouldn't have worked like that. They would have had they would have had another quarter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they would have had another quarter, yeah. Okay. Because I thought the same thing, too, and then I looked it up. It's like, no, the other team gets a chance to score regardless of how much time expired if the quarter expired. So oh. it didn't matter. Okay. So, yeah, that's – see, they probably didn't know that either, though. They, they changed everything after, like, you know, that playoff game with Buffalo and Kansas City where – um, Kansas City pretty much came back with like 15 seconds with Tyreek Hill and you know they 
tied the game, went into overtime playoff game, Buffalo lost. That's when Gabe Davis had like four touchdowns. Yep. That's when they changed everything because it's like, oh, it's not fair. We want to give the other team a yeah, chance. Yeah, Buffalo should have so, had a chance yeah. to score, you know, to to even it. Mm-hmm. I I like that rule. I agree with it. I'd like to see the NFL copy college. Um number 1 with with the overtime, you know how they start on the 20 in college and mm-hmm. it's just a shootout. Yep. I'd like to see that. And I'd like to see the NFL um, go to like one foot down instead of two feet, but toe tapping. I like because that's just more offense. But even that, even the the experts were criticizing Shanahan for taking the ball first. Also, yeah, because if you score and the other team scores, the next person that scores wins. So it made no sense for Shanahan to take the ball first, right? It should have been. Kick the ball. Kansas City has bad field position. Maybe they get a field goal. You go down, score a touchdown. So yep. people were criticizing him, but he was saying his defense was gassed. I mean, I don't know, man. This guy is, I don't know. I don't think he's it, man. Honestly, he hasn't gotten it done, especially with that super team he's got. I- it's a super team. And if you're going to take the ball first, and you're they kicked a field goal on like the five-yard line. This is the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is over there. He's going to go down and score. He did that. You know, the whole second half, he was driving and scoring touchdowns. And then your all-pro linebacker blows his Achilles out. You don't have your all-pro safety in there, so it's, eh, I don't know, man. You have to get that touchdown. You don't kick a field goal on the five-yard line in the Super Bowl in overtime. If you don't get it, you're going to lose anyway. Um, you got to put that pressure back on Kansas City to to have to drive the length of the field and score a touchdown. But I just think... I think they they choked. I think Kyle Shanahan choked again. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know who the offensive coordinator was for the Falcons when they blew a twenty-seven to three lead in Kyle the Super Bowl. Twenty-eight three. Kyle Shanahan. Twenty-eight to three. Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. They were up in the first Super Bowl at when he was head coach with the Niners against the Chiefs, yep. and Mahomes had to come back again. That guy's just allergic to blowing blowing leads, man. I, I don't know I hate what to it say is. it. I mean. I, I would get rid of him, you know. Yeah, I'd get rid. I mean, I mean, I think when I think of this team, I I hate to say it, I think of our Heat team right now in the NBA. They they can get to the finals, but they can't win. Um, I wouldn't get rid of Spolstra because he's won a finals and he's the best coach in the league. But Shanahan, I mean, he but just that, got but that's different. Spolstra is overachieving with lesser talent. Right. Shanahan is underachieving with better talent. So that that's different. That's a different situation. Yeah. In my opinion. Like Spolster's winning without a superstar. Shanahan has a super team and he can't win. That's that's different, in right. my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So who I mean, like, who is out there that, that you're that trying would, to get? That would be like Shanahan coaching the prime Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant and not winning. That's what like that equivalent would be, in my opinion. Yep. I, just, I don't know. I don't know what they do. They're in a tough situation. So I mean Sucks for Niners, man. Yeah, man, it sucks. But um, transitioning to the Chiefs, so get this. Now the Kansas City Chiefs are 7-0 in the playoffs after trading Tyreek Hill. And (laughs) this is crazy. So they gave up Tyreek Hill, right? They got a a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, right? In these picks that they got from Tyreek Hill resulted in Trent McDuffie and Rashi Rice and a Super Bowl. Nice. And two Super Bowls. Yeah. So uh, looking like the Dolphins lost the Tyreek Hill trade and 
the Chiefs won the trade. I mean, they replaced him with an all-pro corner, got picks, and got Rushy Rice and Sky Moore. I mean, Sky Moore didn't do shit this year, but they won that trade. They didn't have to pay him. They saved cap. They could pay Chris Jones now. I mean, the, the Chiefs won that trade, man. Yeah, and I think that has to all has to do with Andy Reid and his program, how he develops players and drafts players. Remember people were saying that, oh, Patrick Mahomes not going to win now with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I think the Dolphins, I don't want to say they it was a win-win because the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game. Now we're the longest team that's that's lost, you know, that hasn't won a playoff game in like 25 years. But the Dolphins, I think they had to make a move. Like they had to spark something with this offense because, I mean, Tua, before we got Tyree killed, Tua was throwing to Malcolm Perry and Lynn Bowden. I mean, these those guys aren't even in the league anymore. So, And they he was winning games with those guys. I think, I think the Dolphins right now are in a tough spot with Tyreek um, because, you know, they they had the second highest paid roster in the NFL and they didn't win a playoff game. That's very concerning. It's insane, man. Um, our coach is learning on the fly. But back to Kansas City, um, like I said, I think it's a testament to Andy Reid's um, staff, you know, his his culture, his program, and, you know, his his, his system has proven to work. You know, he's been to a Super Bowl at Philadelphia. You know, now he's got three Super Bowls with the Chiefs. So I think, I think you know, it, it's a player's league, but, you know, Andy Reid is, he's he's up there. I mean, I think you have to put him over Belichick now. When you have the best quarterback, the receivers, I, I hate to say it, but it doesn't matter as much. Yep. Tom Brady was winning with Chris Hogan and Danny Amendola. Yep. And now... Patrick Mahomes is winning with a bunch of rookies at wide receiver. I mean, smart by Andy Reid. He's like, okay, I got the Tom Brady of this generation. Let me ship Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins, parlay that into first-round picks, which turned into an all-pro corner. And Rashi Rice looks like he's going to be a pro bowler. I mean, he looks good playing with Patrick Mahomes. And then let me save all that money so I can pay my defensive guys. I mean, it, it it's just brilliant. It just goes to show you how amazing Andy Reid, Spagnola, the whole organization is. I mean, they're a dynasty. I mean, they're probably... I I can't pick anyone to beat them next year. I would say they're the favorite next year. Yeah. I mean, once, the, once Kelsey, you know, starts to ride off into the sunset with Taylor Swift, I think then you got some rebuilding to do a little bit. But. I think Kelsey's got another year in him. He, he's, he said he's going to play next year. I think he can... He can give you what he gave you this year, maybe a little bit less, but that's going to be like a thousand yards, and he's going to turn it on in the playoffs. And Patrick Mahomes, and I mean, this is the second year that every like nobody had the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl this year. Nobody had them winning the Super Bowl last year at the start of the season when they lost Tyreek Hill. A lot of people were saying they're not even going to make the playoffs. The Chargers are going to win the division, or whoever you know, somebody else is going to win the division. You know, like you said, if you got Mahomes, which Andy redrafted, he found him. Mm-hmm. He traded up. He got Buffalo to give the Chiefs that pick. So Buffalo already had Josh Allen. They didn't need Patrick Mahomes. Yep. They gave that pick to the Chiefs, and now Buffalo shot themselves in the foot by giving Kansas City that pick, and now they can't get to the Super Bowl. Crazy. If the Kansas City Chiefs re-sign Chris Jones, they're my favorite next year. 
For sure. They're going to pay him. It, for I, sure. I, I, he was saying and he's not going anywhere in the parade. I mean, so did uh, Bruce Brown. He said that for the Nuggets, and then he's gone. I mean, who knows? It could be just a bluff, but if they bring Chris Jones back and it kind of seems like he wants to stay, then they, they have to be the favorite. I mean, he was amazing in that Super Bowl. Chris mm-hmm. Jones, I mean, he disrupted like two touchdowns. And he's a, I mean, a top two or three defensive lineman every position yep. on the D line. I mean, he's amazing. If they bring him back, I mean, they're probably going to win it again next year. They're and, all young, and too. they have picks. What if they draft a receiver that's really good or sign somebody? I mean, they they got some guys they need to resign. Um, they got to resign your boy Legarius Need. He's a free agent this summer. They, if they bring back him and Chris Jones, I mean, it's it's almost guaranteed they're going to win. And I'm sure they will. That's why they got rid of Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, they spent a lot of money on the offensive line as well on the Shit, tackles. The Dolphins need Legarius Need. <laughs> yeah, that's that's who I'd go after. Um, but they have something to play for next year. Also, they would be the first team ever to threepeat. And if they do that, if the Kansas City Chiefs three-peat next year, Mahomes is the best quarterback of all time because he'll be the only guy to ever do that. He's got a better track record at that point in his career and even now than Tom Brady did. And he's more talented than Tom Brady. So, I mean, how could you not make him the greatest player of all time if he? Three peats, and he's the only player to ever three peat. I would put Patrick Mahomes as the greatest player of all time. Right now, I have him number two because Tom Brady's got the stats and the Super Bowls, and Patrick Mahomes a little younger. But if he wins next year, if he three peats, first team to ever three peat, three Super Bowls in a row, three Super Bowl MVPs in a row. I mean, he's the greatest player of all time. I'm, I'm close. I still can't put him over Brady if he three peats. I needed to see him do what Brady did and go to a different organization and win a Super Bowl. You wouldn't you wouldn't have him as the greatest player ever to, if he three-peats. For, st- for no other team has ever three-peated. I still got Brady over him. I mean, Brady's got seven Super Bowls, and he won with two different organizations. And it's not like it took him time. He went to Tampa Bay, and they won right away. Would you agree, though, that at this point in Patrick Mahomes' career, 28 years old, more passing touchdowns than Brady at 28, more passing yards, more MVPs, more Super Bowls. Would you say he's better at this point than Tom Brady was at his career? Yeah, but I think the game is changing. You know, Tom Brady came up in the the early 2000s where it was, you know, run first, eye formation. You know, you weren't seeing all this motion and, and spread offense and, you know, five wide, stuff like that, like Mahomes is doing. But I think, I think you know... We're, we have recency bias. We're going to say Mahomes is the GOAT because he can run. He can throw on the run. He can throw behind the back with his left hand. He's more talented. But to me, I don't think that necessarily means he's better if he's more talented. But he's clutch too, bro. Like The last Super Bowl, he came back from behind against the Eagles with like a broken ankle, won the Super Bowl, won Super Bowl MVP, and he was behind this whole game. Won in overtime for Super Bowl in Vegas. I mean, with like no wide receivers, pretty much. I, I it, it's hard. It's hard when when you just watch Brady and Mahomes. They're both great. And I think if Mahomes, I mean, the guy's been to the AFC Championship every single year. 
he's been a starter, right? Except for his rookie year, he didn't start. Still Alex Smith. But the six years after that, he's been AFC Championship every year. Three Super Bowls, right? So half of the time he started, he's won a Super Bowl, been to the AFC Championship. That's incredible. Tom Brady went 10 years without winning a Super Bowl, right? He won three in the beginning, 10-year gap, won three at the end, right? Brady's got the longevity. But where Mahomes is at and the way his trajectory is going, if he continues this, he's going to be the greatest player of all time. The only thing that's going to stop him is if he gets injured or or he just falls off a cliff, but I don't see that happening. I The only thing I see stopping him is injury from being the greatest player of all time. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's more likely, though, the, you know, the way the game is played. They're asking him to run in the playoffs. You know, he he doesn't slide. He puts his head his head down and tries to fight for extra yards. Um, I got him over Montana. You got him over Montana? Yeah, I got him Second greatest Montana. quarterback all time? Yeah. I think he solidified his, his position there. Um, I mean, I got Brady one, Mahomes two, Montana three, and then four is debatable. There's a lot of guys. I probably put like Peyton Manning at number four. Yeah, but there's a lot of guys you could put at number four. Number four is debatable, but I think the three that everybody is like in unison with is Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Montana. Yeah, I li- and I like Peyton at four, and I like Dan Marino at five. And a lot of people will say, "Oh, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl," but man, he was way ahead of his time. The way probably he people played. got John Elway and you know Bradshaw over Marino and yeah, because guys that won Super Bowls. Bowls. But Marino, man, nobody could throw it like Marino. He was way ahead of his time. The way, like, when he threw the ball, it just looked different than other guys. But, yeah, Marino, Marino's great. Marino would have won a Super Bowl. He'd be in the Mount Rushmore for sure, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, it's crazy. Patrick Mahomes already has three Super Bowls. He's got more than Manning, Rodgers, Breeze. Like, look at all these guys. Favre, like, all these elite players. He's already got more than them. Yeah, I Which like Patrick insane. Mahomes. He's a humble guy, you know, for how good he is. And, you know, he, he doesn't brag or, or showboat. He's just, he's, he goes about his business. And he, you know, they were showing him before the Super Bowl, you know, a couple of days before. He's he's following in Tom Brady's footsteps. He's he's talking with Tom Brady. He's trying to learn from him. He's studying his film. He's a humble kid too, man. They even asked him after he won the Super Bowl, do you think you're the GOAT? And he still said Brady's the GOAT. He's humble, man. Yeah. He's not like LeBron James where LeBron James is like, no, nah, I'm the greatest player. Like people, people don't like that. Like people like the humbleness. They like players being humble and respecting, you know, the greats and that paved the people way. People like for that. Him. People people don't like when LeBron James says that shit that he's better and, you know, like arrogant and stuff. Pat, Patrick Mahomes is doing all the right things. He's letting his play speak for himself and he's he's just great man you got to give it up to him and even when he lost an all pro wide receiver arguably the best wide receiver in the nfl he still winning super bowls against elite super teams the philadelphia eagles last year were juggernaut the 49ers this year i mean yeah and they and the chiefs went through adversity because i believe they lost tyreek right after they lost the super bowl to the bucks right mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you can even argue that Super Bowl was not even his fault. His whole old line was like decimated. Yeah, There's nobody. I mean, and then, you know how hard that is to win a Super Bowl on the road? On the road in the team's own home field, which has never happened before against a GOAT with no offensive line. I mean, come on. How, how yeah. is he going to win? Who's going to win that Super Bowl? Nobody. <laughs> yep. 
and he's a young a young Patrick Mahomes. It's a COVID year. Everyone's wearing masks and but shit. But they were putting like a, everybody's wearing masks, and they had like a fifty year old Mike Remmers at right tackle getting blown up by Jason Pierre-Paul and Sue and and Shaq Barrett. I mean, I I can't even blame him for that, honestly. Yeah, Prime Levante David and but Devin people White. won't even people won't even see that. They'll be like, oh, Brady just beat him. Yeah, miserable. But he's three and three all time against Tom Brady, regular season, postseason. Brady's got he's two to one in the postseason against Mahomes, but. I mean, still three and three against Tom Brady all, of all time, regular season and postseason. So, and Brady fled the AFC because he knew he was going to have to go head to head with Mahomes. Yeah, Crazy went stuff. went to the NFC. So, Crazy stuff, man. Patrick Mahomes is well on his way to being the GOAT, though, in my opinion. I got him number two. Yeah, I agree. Crazy what that kid's done, man. All right. Trending topics, okay? Let's go. All right. This one this is actually a fun one. So, we're going to find out. Who's your all-time favorite or who you think the all-time GOAT running back is, okay? Okay. All right. So which running back would you rather have, Le'Veon Bell or Chris Johnson? Oh, man. That is really tough, man. I'm I'm big on both. This that, that's I have to think about this one. That's hard. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with CJ2K. You're going Chris Johnson over Le'Veon Bell. That's, I'm going speed. I probably would have went Le'Veon Bell, but I can respect Chris Johnson. I'm, I'm gonna go with the Florida. This is guy. in their prime, so Chris Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Chris Johnson or Jamal Charles? Oh man. <clears throat> I'm. I hate to say it, I'm gonna have to go Jamal Charles, but shout out to Chris Johnson. Partied with him here in Orlando at Club Vane. Damn. He's, he's a cool guy. Real, <laughs> And he bought food for all of us after the clubs. Awesome guy. Okay, so Jamal Charles or Derrick Henry? Mm, that's tough. I like speed. I'm going to go Jamal Charles, Jamal but Charles? that was really hard. Jamal Charles or Ricky Williams? Oh, Ricky Williams, 100%. 100%? Yeah, Ricky Damn. Williams is like the phenom. He's He was... Man, I remember... Ricky Williams, Mike Ditka used to coach the Saints, and he traded his whole team to draft Ricky Williams. That's crazy. In the first game he started Ricky Williams, his rookie year, he gave him 50 carries, 45 carries, and he had like 200 yards, something like that. All right, Ricky Williams or LaDainian Tomlinson? Man, that's that's difficult. I I'm going to have to go Ricky Williams, man. There's but no way you're picking Ricky Williams over LaDainian Tomlinson. I'm a Dolphins guy. Oh I got to go Ricky Williams. Oh, my God, man. That's crazy. All right. I'm a Dolphins fan, and I wouldn't even have picked Ricky Williams over LaDainian. That's wild. You're sleeping on Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams or prime Adrian Peterson? No, I can't put him over Adrian Peterson. I got to go Adrian Peterson. Man, you're crazy over LT. I probably would have picked LT over Adrian Peterson. But I ain't taking LT over AP, so... Doesn't even matter. Adrian Peterson or Christian McCaffrey? Oh, Adrian Peterson, man. Adrian Peterson is okay. like a top, to me, he's like top four of all time. And last one, Adrian Peterson or Work Done? Oh, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Okay. He's he's up there. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Of, so out of, of all those back. guys I named, you would have picked Adrian Peterson over all of them? Absolutely. The prime? Okay. I can respect it. That guy is different, man. Adrian Peterson. The only people I can put over Adrian Peterson, I think, would be would be who? Walter Payton. You know, he's an old an old Jim guy. Jim Brown, Walter Payton. Jim Brown. Yeah. I mean, it's 
Honestly, the, the list might end right there. I feel you. All right, second topic. All-time MMA draft. We're going to see who has the better team, okay? We're going to do 155, 170, 185, 205, and heavyweight. You want first pick or second pick? There's no snake in this one. You know what? Last, last time I had the first pick, so we'll give you the first pick this time. All right. So I'm going to do it again. All-time MMA draft. We're going to see who has the better team. 155, 170, 185, 205, and heavyweight. You have first pick. I'm going to go with my goat. I'm going to go with John Jones. Damn, he took John Jones. So you're putting John Jones at 205, right? Yes. Okay, 205. Light heavyweight. All right, I got to separate a little bit. I'm going to go with Habib at 155. Okay. I'm going to go with Francis and Ganu at heavyweight. Damn, bro. I was going to pick Francis. Fuck. Oh, yeah, I knew, I knew you were. That's why I had to snipe Damn, him right there. Damn, bro. So you got Francis and John right off the bat? Yes, sir. I got to get the other goat. I'm going to go Anderson Silva, 185. There you go. I'm going to go Usman at 170. Damn, bro. I should have took first pick. <laughs> yep. I'll go... Damn, you stole my pick, bro. I'm going to go George St. Pierre at 170. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um... 185, I'm going to go Izzy. Okay. Adesanya. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Stipe Miocic at heavyweight because he's got a win over Francis Ngannou. It's 1-1. So I'm going to go Stipe. Go. And I'm going to switch it up. You know, obviously he's not one of the greatest of all time, but he's probably like my top two or three fighters. I'm going to go Justin Gaethje at 155. Justin Gaethje, 155? Yep. I'm going to go Daniel Cormier at 205. So comment down below who's got the better MMA team and what gym would win in an MMA match. I think I don't know. I, I think I might got you on this one. I know Khabib is smashing Gaethje for sure. Yeah. And then GSP Usman would be a good fight. Anderson Silva in his prime versus Adesanya in his prime. That would be an excellent fight. Yep. And then John Jones Cormier probably give you that one, so... I mean, it's pretty close, but comment down below. Let us know who wins that fight. Let's go. I like my team. All right. Go ahead. We're doing trending? Yes. All right. I want you to rank these MMA fighters blindly. First one, McGregor. All t Like, it could be any MMA fighter? Yeah, of all time. And a lot of the guys we just said are on this list. I'll put McGregor at three. Okay. To start. Next one, Anderson Silva. I'm going to put Anderson at number two. Okay. Cormier? Four. I'll put Cormier at four. All right. And Khabib. I got to put Khabib at... Oh, man, dude. Got you on this one. I'll put him at number one, Khabib. And last one was John Jones. Oh, man, that's crazy, dude. That's a hard list. That's a hard one, right? If I'm ranking that, if I'm doing my list, I'm going John at one, Prime Anderson at two, Khabib three. I'm going to put McGregor at four and Cormier at five. Wow. Because McGregor revolutionized MMA and got everybody to watch MMA. And 145 McGregor, the, the tear he went on, 
and the the inspiration, the motivation, the knockouts, I mean, that changed MMA forever. You're never going to see anything like that ever again. The shit talk, the trash talk. I mean, that guy's a once-in-a-lifetime megastar. So I'm going to put him at four, and I'll put Cormier at five. I respect Cormier, though, great fighter. But that'd be my list. That's that's a strong list. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we wrapping up, or you got one more? I got one more for you. All right, last one. So rank these NBA centers blindly, and this is all-time also. Rank the NBA centers blindly. Okay. Yeah. All right. First one. Nikola Jokic. Man, dude. All time? All time. <clears throat> I'll put him at four. Okay. Hakeem Olajuwon. Two. Two? All right. Shaq? One. Kareem? Three. And Embiid? Five. Yep. That's perfect. I think that's perfect, bro. I I think Shaq's the best center of all time. Hakeem is so underrated. Hakeem was dominating Shaq in those finals. A, a young Fin- Shaq. He do- bro, dominated him in the finals. Wasn't even close. Averaging like 30 and 15 and Yeah, with the five dream lo- shake. Bro, and all that, that guy, footwork. Hakeem is so underrated. When they talk about centers, Hakeem is a legend. I like him. I mean, honestly, I'll probably get roasted, but I like him better than Kareem. Kareem had got longevity. So I got, I love Shaq at one, Hakeem at two. Kareem at three. Who did I say it was four? Jokic and MB. Yo, yeah, that's perfect. I love yeah. that list. I nailed that shit. Nailed I like it. it. Yep. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. Podcast episode 37. We will see you on the next episode. Have a good one. We just build and grow. The Joe and Joey show. Football, b-ball fights. Pick a topic like a bee on his front. Yeah, they tried but couldn't stop us. Watch us. Yeah, we rocking. Hot as Puerto Rico. We the wave. Going and place your bets. Check the over under. We the phase. Yeah. It's no debate, we the greatest, but we debating your favorites Greater raising points of discussion, then we push it Feeling like Michael Jordan with the Bulls Feeling like I'm about to raise KG with the Timberwolves I'm getting pulled in all kinds of directions To the game, yeah, you know that that's the best one So just watch or just listen to the guys Tune in to the show, Joe and Joey on the ride Just watch or just listen to the guys Tune in to the show Joe and Joey on the ride